Hi, John. Hi, Merlin. How's it going? Oh, good. Happy Monday. Yay, Yay. I love the happy Mondays. Mm. Not really. No, no, no. <laughs> Mm-mm. No, that was Mm-mm. that was a big time. Uh, I kicked off an era of bands where I didn't understand why they were popular. Yeah, for me too. Uh, that whole movement, in fact, Ugh, was a I mess. Was, I was I was in Spain in 1989. You were in Ibiza. Yeah, Ibiza. Ibiza. And I, and you, were I still, you were there when it all happened. <laughs> I was, and I still didn't understand it. Mm-hmm. I was like, boy, if you can't understand, if you can't. Uh, uh, understand it from that perspective mm-hmm. i don't get where you're going to understand it from but i guess you had to be in madchester yeah i mean i guess we wouldn't have mm. uh overrated bands like oasis without overrated bands like happy mondays <laughs> shots fired am i alone in this please tell me because i feel like i feel like i'm being gaslit here's the thing about shoegaze huh Here's the thing about shoegaze. Okay. You're not counting Oasis as a shoegaze band. No. Okay. Here's the thing about shoegaze. Here's the thing about shoegaze. I don't know what to count as a shoegaze band. Mm. Because the I get the word shoegaze. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I get the feeling shoegaze. Mm. I Partly, I live shoegaze. <laughs> I gaze at my shoes all the time. Yeah. The idea, of, there are a lot, there are some iconic images of British uh, pop stars in track suits with the zipper zipped all the way up, staring at their shoes, mm-hmm. playing a guitar. You can't see their face because they're shaggy hair. Yeah. That are some of the great images of rock and roll. But yeah. then you listen to the music and it just doesn't line up. It doesn't make me want to gaze at my shoes. But you like uh, MBV. Oh, I like them a lot. You seen him lately? Yeah, he got older. He looks, he got, he he got looks older. old. <laughs> he looks old. <laughs> I saw him. Um, oh, what does he play? A Mustang? No, well, Jazz no. Master or something. Yeah, Jazz Master and uh, and the other one, the Jaguar, are the ones. Something that like he that. Plays. Yeah. Anyway, I watched a video, uh, probably sponsored by Fender, of him talking about his guitars. Uh-huh. It was fun, but um, wow, you people, a lot. Are, people our age got old. Oh, I had it. I had this experience yesterday. What's his and name? Not Kevin Barnes. Kevin Barnes is the guy from uh, of Montreal. He's Kevin Murphy. Shields. Kevin Shields. Kevin Shields. Kevin, that, that's the guy who used to be on MTV. Kevin Murphy. That's a guy that I don't get either. <laughs> What's Kevin Murphy? Is that a thing? Kevin Murphy is the uh, LCD sound system guy. Oh, no. No. I that can't be under, right. I don't understand Kevin that. Kevin Murphy. It says here it's a hair care product. Oh, no. Kevin Murphy. Isn't he the guy from, uh, like, uh, from... Uh, what am I thinking of? Who's the one from the from the... The, the fall. Marky Smith? Oh, that's the underwear model from Boston. Oh, you're thinking of you're thinking of his brother, Marky Mark. Marky Mark. What's the one I, from what's the one from the Sixth Sense? That that's Haley Joel Osment. Yeah, that's, that's right. Mm-hmm. He's he's making the rounds. He's he's getting his he's getting his face out there. Was he? Yeah, well sure, sure. Yeah. I, now he's now he's got that good haircut. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he I think he grew something like a beard. Yeah, well that's what you do when you're a child star. Did you know I'm growing and, a mustache? As a dare? Mm. Is this part of your other podcast where you get a challenge to do interesting things? No. I don't know why I did it. I did it mostly... Uh, Wait, you and, did this on, on, on just your personal recognizance? Well, I hadn't shaved for a while, and I went and I shaved, and I thought, huh, there's more hair than usual out there. Mm-hmm. I should just let it rip. And it's it's a, it's real appalling. I look kind of like... 
I look like a cross between like uh, porno Rob Delaney and Commissioner Gordon or Lieutenant Gordon. I look a little, a little bit of a Gary Oldman thing going on. And I have a little I, bit of LCD sound system hair on top of it. That's not Kevin Murphy, I don't think. N- Who's the one in uh, Mystery Science Theater? Is that Kevin uh, Murphy? Uh, oh, well, that uh, that is... Well, that's... We call him Murph. Murph. Murph! <laughs> is there a Kevin Delaney? Is there Rob Delaney? There's Rob Delaney. I'm sure there's a Kevin Delaney. You can't put you can't put those two good Irish names together. Kevin Delaney says here is an American voice actor. Hmm. Kevin. Uh, boy. You know my best friend in high very school. Very early, Kevin. Wait, I, I get confused about your best friends. I feel like I need an infographic. Yeah, I don't. I mean, it's not like I've had a thousand best friends. We've had a few. I get I get real confused, and it, it's very early. Yeah, it is. Poof. Kevin Delaney, Kevin Barnes, Kevin Shields. Then who's Kevin the one Shields. from who's the one from MTV that you like? Oh, uh that's um Ray Ray Shields? No, uh Kevin Kevin the Costner. Kevin Costner. Kevin. <laughs> He's the one who drank his pee pee on that boat. Kev oh I, Kevin. I never saw that movie. I was told not to see that movie by the critics. If you build it, they will come. And you, and you know, sometimes you you uh, don't do things when critics tell you not to. That was a different era. It really was. That yeah. was after the Dances with Wolves, I think. I think that's in the in the, in his um, kind of his uh, his jubilee year. Like he he could have done whatever he wanted, and he did the pee pee boat. That's right. Well, that's what happens. Who was in that? Was that Gene Triplehorn? Who was in that? Ah, uh, wasn't it? Wasn't uh, Kevin Costner? It was, in? it was Kevin Barnes, and was it, I want to say Gene Triplehorn, but I don't think that's right. Gene Triplehorn, one for Daddy. Uh, it was the it was the guy uh, this uh, it was the guy from This American Life. Okay, all right, Kevin, and that's wait, hang on, I, can, I know this. I it can was do Kevin this. Seal. That was Kevin who was on MTV. Seal. What an unlikely name! But Kiss it's from true. a Rose. It's really his. Yeah, that's right. I saw him in a movie theater in 1988. Rose. That's he, he was a Torch Song trilogy in 1988. You, you actually saw him in person in a movie theater. Yeah, it was in uh, the city of Manhattan. Uh, what were you doing in Manhattan in 1988? Oh, went, I remember. Went with my girlfriend to see museums. You know that picture of me in the green jacket? Yeah, you're in the subway. Yep. Uh, Henderson says my jacket. I always used to wonder about that because I was like, yeah. there are no subways in Florida. No. Uh-uh. Oh, that was uh, it's all some pretty crazy hair then. Do you um? Do you want to start the yeah, show? Whoa, 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 wait what? a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Hold yes. on. You had a mustache then. <gasps> you're right. I did. Bringing it back around. I That's don't the have, thing we do. I don't have a recording camera near me right now so i can send you one from like a week ago well you know send it to me when send it to me when you get a recording camera um uh, yeah it's gotten it's gotten better i guess where are you i went I, I, I yesterday i was speaking of uh speaking of how kevin shields doesn't look as good as he used to yeah i uh i went uh i was in in this neighborhood i'm trying to move to or <laughs> thinking about moving to not really trying your aspirational just, neighborhood Inspirational neighborhood, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, there was this open house, and so I so I pulled in, and uh, you know there were a bunch of people there. There was a real estate agent there. It was you know your typical open house. I don't know. Do you ever go to those as um, uh, for like just the lulls? Um, my lady friend does. Go? My lady friend in the past has done that. I I find it very uncomfortable to be in anyone else's house. Yeah, especially because they probably died. But she likes to go look at other people's houses. Yeah. Just well, because what, it's what can thing. we get for forty five hundred dollars a month? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> start looking around. Yeah. yeah, you know. 
Well, so I was. So I'm doing. <laughs> double our rent, but it would be smaller and smell weird. I'm doing this thing. I'm doing this thing. I'm going to places. You're having a whole process. And I don't. I don't. I'm uncomfortable doing it. Uh, especially like I don't like to do it with uh with other people. Like I don't like to roll in with my family mm-hmm. because it's just got it's too much splaining to do. Hmm. But if I'm just walking around and I walk into a place, like I can, I feel like I can stay, I can stay agile. Like I can talk to a real estate agent and because oh, really, there's more question marks. If you come in by yourself that, that you would make be improper to ask. Whereas if you went in with your family, then they feel they can ask questions about, you know, school and age and grades and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and I feel like there's a little bit of sort of divide and conquer that happens where they're like, oh, so, you know. Want to see see your new room? Yeah, that type of thing. Yeah. Anyway, so I go in, but but, uh, the owners are there, Mm. which I don't think you're – I don't think that's supposed to happen. I don't think you're supposed to to do that. And I think they're supposed to be gone. That's part of the process. You, You bake cookies. Yeah, you stage it. You put out some you, flowers, and then they're not supposed to be there. That queers the deal, I think. They're not supposed to be there. And as soon as I walk up, I can tell that they are the owners, because in the front driveway of this house is a totally cherried out 1957 Chevy that has been custom, customed, custom. It's like not just. It's not a stock 57 Chevy. It's a hot rodded 57 Chevy that's hmm. been. Frenched and dropped and chopped. This is this is in your aspirational mid-century modern uh, neighborhood of the future. That's right. And uh-huh. I see this car, and I'm like, hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's a bearded guy standing there uh, talking to somebody, and he's got his hand on it. And I'm like, oh, the owner. Mm-hmm. Well, so they're not supposed to do this, but this is something that I love. The owners are lurking around their own open house. Ooh. Now I am in it to win it. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, and partly it's because I have a fantasy that I'm going to charm the owners and they're going to say, you know what, just take the house. Yeah, you've had this for a while. You've yeah. had this idea that maybe something needs to be passed along and they're just waiting for the right person. Yeah, they're going to be like, you know what, we're rich. Mm-hmm. We don't even care. We're just doing this as a formality. Our kids suck. We're mm-hmm. not going to give them the house. Right. We but need somebody talking, who's worthy. Yeah, talking to you, this seems like a thing. We'll mm-hmm. just give you the house. Yeah. So I roll up and the real estate agent comes beelining for me and you can, and she's like a, an older lady who's been doing real estate for a long time. And you can tell that she is mega stressed out that the owners are there because they keep interrupting her. See, the whole point of doing the way we do houses today is that you can, it's sort of like going into a bathroom or a hotel room. You're supposed to feel like nobody else has ever been there. You're supposed to imagine how you would use the bathroom. This house is not that because Mm -mm. it's one of those instances where the, People are still living there. They're not, they are not selling the house because they bought a better place. They are selling the house to see how much they can get for it. And they don't even know where they're going to go. Hmm. But, but I jump ahead. So now I have the complication both of really wanting to talk to the owners, but also not wanting to, not wanting the real estate agent to feel bad yeah. about she's got her job to do. Right. So I let her show me around the house. And she gives me the spiel. And here's here's this guy, the bearded guy. He's kind of he's lurking around behind us, and he's, he keeps trying to interject. And I'm like, so these light fixtures are these uh, one ten or one eleven or what are these? 
the real estate agent goes, oh, well, everything in here is up to code. And and then he go, he leans over and he's like, I put these in myself. Mm. I'm like, oh, really? But I, but I, who am I talking I, to? Am I talking to you? Am I talking to you? Who am I talking to here? Well, this is the thing. I give him the, I, I ice him out because mm. I know he wants to talk to me and I want to talk to him, but I'm pretending to care what the real estate agent says. So she walks me through the whole house and she's doing the real estate thing. She turns all the lights on. She talks about the, uh, the local HOA dues, all this crap. And he just can't bear it. He's just like lurking. He's straightening books on the bookshelf. Hmm. And there are other people in the house. I don't think this guy wants to sell his house. There's, there, there's not any of the classic feelings that this guy actually wants to move this unit. I think he's got something else going. I, mean, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I, I feel like there's something else afoot here. Well, maybe he's casting a movie. <laughs> it, that, it, that, that's not 100% impossible to imagine. He's big. He's as big as me. And he's got, you know, he's got a gray beard and gray hair. And he's, kind of, he's wearing a polo shirt that's got a little logo on it. Hmm. And he's kind of... Uh, uh, you know, he's pretty stocky, but you can tell he's, he's strong. His hair is a little longish. Could he throw somebody through a window if he had to? Oh, yes. Okay. All right. That, oh. thanks. That, that helps. Oh, yes. Okay. He could probably, if a child was trapped under his 57 Chevy, he could probably lift up one corner of it to, to free the child. Especially if the child's been, you know, fixed up and is in cherry condition. Exactly. If the, child has, if the child has Krager rims, you want to, you want to, you want to get him out and restore him. Oh yeah. You got the blown out Hemi's. Converse. <laughs> anyway, so eventually I. I, I it's so early. It's real fucking early. <laughs> this episode of Roderick on the Line is brought to you in part by Casper. You can learn more about Casper right now by visiting casper.com slash supertrain. Casper is the company that's focused on sleep, and they are dedicated to making you exceptionally comfortable one night at a time. Listen, you spend one-third of your life sleeping. If you spend a third of your life doing anything, wouldn't you want it to be the best it can possibly be? The answer is yes, Casper. This is why you need Casper. Casper mattresses are perfectly designed for humans with engineering to soothe and support your natural geometry. It's got all the right support in all the right places. Uh, what Casper does is they combine multiple supportive memory foams for a quality mattress with just the right sink and bounce. Casper mattresses are designed and developed in the U.S., and their breathable design helps to regulate your body temperature throughout the night. It uh, very quickly become the Internet's favorite mattress. I'm going to set aside some of the copy because I just want to tell you about Casper because I, I really like Casper. I'm going to give you some real talk here. Here's the thing. It's been a long summer. It's finally ending. I've had to travel more than I'd like, which would be none. And I swear to God, I, it's, I've had this Casper so long that now when I go anywhere else and sleep on the nonsense mattresses that are in these hotels, and let's be honest, our family's homes and other places, all it makes me do want to do is come back and get back into that Casper. It is the most important part of my sleep workflow, and I can actually give it Merlin Mann's official okie-dokie. You got to go. You got to check out the Casper. Uh, right now, you can get $50 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash supertrain and using the offer code supertrain at checkout. Got to remind you that terms and conditions apply. One more time, you go to casper.com slash supertrain. Use that very special offer code, supertrain. Our thanks to Casper for supporting Roderick on the Line and all the great shows. Blown, those blown converse. <laughs> oh, God. So I pull myself away from the real estate mm-hmm, agent, mm-hmm. and then this guy's on me like, a, like tar paper. Mm-hmm. And the first thing I notice is the emblem on his polo shirt says, U.S. Navy SEALs. Mm. And I'm like, hmm. Okay, I'm not going to mention it. Federal body inspector. <laughs> I'm not going to mention it. I'm okay. just going to 
walk around with him. And and the house is decorated in a style that's beautiful. First of all, it's a beautiful house. It's mm-hmm. a, like a really, really interesting architectural mid-century house. But they, he and his wife clearly have decorated it in a hodgepodge that they think is beautiful, but is like pretty wrong. Like just a, just a, like they, it was a, I think it was probably a five bedroom house. And they said, well, we want a master bath. So this bedroom is going to become the, the master. And they, they basically have a bedroom that is just has a bathtub and a shower and a toilet. Wow. In it. And then they're like, this bedroom is going to be that the screams room. no kids. <laughs> no kids, right? Oof. This room, we're going to take all the windows out of it so that we can put racks of seats. This is all my old action figures in Aurora <laughs> models. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> like a Brian Posehn room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what that's that's exactly what it feels like. Like we don't need all these rooms. We're going to turn them into specialty rooms mm-hmm. and paint, you know, and paint like Ouroboroses on the on the <laughs> kitchen wall and stuff. But so we, I walk into a room and there is a like there are a bunch of photographs of the owner doing Navy SEAL shit in Vietnam. Jumping out of helicopters. Wait into a the, minute. He's like, he's that old? He's a Vietnam-era vet? Yeah. What? And I'm he, so confused. I'm clocking this guy around 30. No, 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 no. He's got... He's, Holy, you think this guy might be 65? Oh, I think he's 70. And he but could, he throw, doesn't he look could throw a guy through a window. But he doesn't look 70. He's Navy like, SEALs, Navy SEALs, polo shirt, gray beard. Okay. He's fit. He's Okay. Fit. But I mean, he's fat, but he's like... Meaty. He's, he's, he's fit. Mm-hmm. How about his wrist size? He have big wrists. He's big all around. Okay, and he's friendly. And so, as soon as the real okay. estate agent, as soon as he kind of like, like emotionally or energetically bullies her out of his own house, he's like, "What's your story?" And I'm like, "Well, I'm looking for a house. You know, I'm around here doing some things." And he's like, "Yeah, well, this is a house." And I'm like, "It sure is." Mm-hmm. And we start talking. And I was like, "So, you know, this room, interesting." Um, no windows. And he's like, oh, yeah, I've, I've concreted in all the windows to make it soundproof. I was like, why do you need this room to be soundproof? <laughs> not that I'm not that I'm not intrigued. He's like, oh, well, this is the room where I, you There's know. There's so much reflection off the killing floor. <laughs> he's got all this He's got all this crazy shit that he's like, that he's prepped the house for. And I said, so you're special forces, I gather. And he was like, yep, three tours. <sighs> and shit, I, said, I said, well, let's just... Let's light let's light this candle, shall we? Do it. Go. Anyway, I was there for four and a half hours. Oh my god. <laughs> His wife comes Three out of Three tours the, is a lot of tours. It's a lot of tours. His wife comes out of the back room, and I swear to you, I wouldn't have been surprised if she was my age. If you had said she's, you know, hmm. like almost fifty, would have bought it one hundred percent. I looked at her and I was like, Boy, this is interesting. Like He's he's taken a much younger bride. Was she Caucasian? She was. Okay. And they start talking, and they're like, well, when we got married in 1970. And I'm like, wait a minute. You got married in 1970? Like, oh you're God. both 70? 48? Like is that right? She looks... 48 years they've been married? Is that right? Yeah. She looks my age or younger. And I'm like, who, what reality are you people? And so we're walking around and he's, he's somewhat, we walk outside and he's like, well, let me tell you, I don't like talking about politics. 
And I'm like, I bet you do don't. He starts kind of, you know, like mm-hmm. intimating. Was there, was, there a, was there an implicit comma there where the politics were going to be coming in a second? Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Okay. He wanted, you know, he wanted me to know, like, first of all, the, what you need to know in this neighborhood is never go to the government for a permit because they can't see up the driveways. Hmm. And I was like, good point. He said, yeah, that's the great thing about living out here. The inspectors don't come around. The driveways are all too long. Oh, you have to worry about those pesky revenueers. I was like, this is so this is so great. Tell me more inside info around here. Because you know where I live, the inspectors are like climbing the trees. Hmm. And he said, yeah, that's why we're getting out of here. Hmm. Hmm. Seattle. Seattle's got too many inspectors. Interesting tapestry. So it turns out they write travel. They, they do travel coffee table books. Okay. That's, this is their job. Is she the photographer? They both are. Okay. And they both write and they do travel books about things. I'm not 100% sure exactly. I looked, I, I perused a couple of their books. It seemed like a lot of their books were for hire, you know, like, mm. like um, Horizon Air decides they want a coffee table book of the history of Horizon Air. Oh, that's and a I, good gig. Yeah. And I don't think Horizon decides it i think that they went and made pitches to places and said yeah th- their thing is going to be all about the right relationships right you know what i mean like you don't have to have relationships with the clients you have to have relationships with the people the clients hire and like if you get a like an ad or a marketing agency in between you yes or, or an agent of some kind but like it's endless right you could go to the ski do snowmobile company and say you guys need a coffee table book mm-hmm. about the history of ski do and they would believe it sure and People would buy it. I yes. mean, I'd buy a I'd buy a book about ski doos. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, anyway, so I'm just rapping with them. We're talking about she doesn't she she doesn't have any interest in telling me about how to get around local laws. Okay, she says that she was uh, she was briefly an, an airline um, host, mm-hmm. a stewardess, a, a waitress in the sky. Yep, and her first ever flight in 1970 was hijacked. And I was like, I was like, let me get. Remember my when they used to happen? You used to have hijackings. No, you got hijacked. You just have hijackings all the time. I, I was like, where's my spiral bound notebook? I want to just be here all afternoon with you. You know who needs and a I, coffee table book? Is these two? Whoa! I didn't even think. How meta? Do a book about yourself. You should pitch them. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm there. Nineteen seventy. Well, I, I I can't fathom it. And at one point, he says, "Well, the guy next door bought the house. You know, the house next door used to belong to our in laws, but but uh, a new family moved in." And then he says, then here's the devastation, here's the, the turn of the knife. Okay. He says, I mean, you know, he's not like, he's not like our age. And he, he gestures between himself and me. Mm-hmm. He goes, he's a younger guy, like in his thirties. And I was like, and then he said, he kind of caught himself and he was like, no, I mean, not to imply that you and I are the same age, mm-hmm. but you know, he's not like one no. of us. He's like one of those, one of them. Mm-hmm. And I was like. Ah, you're 70. Mm. You're 70. I'm 49. You think you got the cut wrong? It should be like, like more like you guys, like you and that young 30 year old guy or something. Mm -hmm. I mean, or something like, you know, he's young, sort of like on, you know, like where you would be. That sounds like a sign of respect. It was. And I also feel like, you know, when I look at, when I look in the mirror right now, I have to acknowledge I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit on the heavy side. Oh come and on! And my and my beard has gone almost completely gray. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, when you when I get when I get a little heavy, the the weight, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, the weight all goes to my butt or the weight all goes to my belly. In my case, it all goes to my neck. My oh neck, no! My neck goes from like a size eighteen to a size like thirty. Really? And it just and and with the gray hair, I just I start I just start looking like George Lucas. You think you're getting a doolap? Well, I don't, I don't, but, but at the same time, like if I catch, if I catch a, a glimpse in a photograph of myself, yeah, you don't, you don't want to meet people. Just like, what the hell is going on? Yes, over I look like I could have been a, a Navy SEAL in Vietnam. Hmm. You and do, that, you do. I mean, in a good way. But I don't think it's good. Mm. I was like, I was like, yeah, just like us, like like men of a certain age, like a like, because you know, because looking at her, I was like, well, shit, I thought she was. 45 so mm -hmm. if you think i'm 69 mm -hmm. like there's that we're in a we're in a vortex yeah yeah she said that the that she said she started talking about the house as though i already lived there because i've been there for four hours were they pulling but, for you at this point sitting in the living room well no because they want you because it might be they want you to have it at this point the thing is they're I gonna retire the, on that uh you know a big coffee table book money I think they did want me to have it, but they also, a big big part of the later conversation was like, well, we're thinking about moving to Tennessee. You know what you can get in Tennessee for oh, $350,000? I, I don't even like, want to know. You can be the governor of Tennessee for that money. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, so I don't know where the hell they're, they're living but or where they're planning to go, but they're not rich. They're not rich enough to give me their house. Okay. And I think they could tell, I don't know. I, 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 I kept my cards pretty close, but she said, you know, next door... Um, you're not going to want to go introduce yourself next door. She's na naming all the neighbors. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, why not? And she said, well, uh, the woman who lives next door is an Alaska Airlines stewardess. And she's a little bit, she'd be, she would glom onto you really hard and she'd be over here every day. Mm, I was like, don't throw me in the briar patch. <laughs> I said, that doesn't sound too bad. Yeah. It's one of my number one criteria in looking for a house is that it be next door to a house full of stewardesses who's like familiar with alaska and gloms on but then leaves yeah. and she said Jiminy. yeah but not this one you okay. don't you don't want that and i was like all right well, i'll take mm. your meeting. i think she's doing some kind of pickup artist thing on you speak she's speaking as a stewardess who has been hijacked yeah, i'm gonna she's take, seen some I'm stuff gonna, she's been in the shit mm -hmm. oh and she was born in alaska i forgot to tell you that my goodness. They met and married in Alaska. We had so much to talk about. By the time I left, it was... Did it they was offer like, you a drink? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We had drinks. It was... All, we sat in the living room with our with our ice clinking in our glasses, talking about all of our experience drinks Was the um, real estate agent there the whole time? No, the real estate agent realized that... What was it like in the was, moments right before she left? All, every, all three of us couldn't wait for her to go. Mm -hmm. Because I was like... We're the the nature of this event has changed. Yes, it has. Now this is a Navy SEAL, uh, like a Navy SEAL conversation that's going to morph into like the story of these two people's lives that I desperately want to hear. And we, I'm not interested in where the hot water heater is anymore. Mm -hmm. Also, I figured that out on my own opening doors. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, yeah, you probably didn't want to mention to him that you were almost the uh, head of the CIA. Well, there were a lot of things. There were a lot of things. You know, this is the this is the classic thing. A lot of things that they failed to ask about me. So they, I walked away with a lot more information about them than they did me. And I'm never. I'm. If people are interesting, boy, I do not care. I mm -hmm. I, I don't care that they know anything about me. I just wanted to know about them. Yes. 
and they're you know they're out there they're out there the this is the i used to feel so much well until very recently in fact until about one and a half seconds ago i felt tremendous contempt for the baby boomer generation Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but they got it coming they really got it coming (laughs) but you know that feeling i had when i realized that my dad's generation was dying like like by the thousands every day yeah and if we didn't do something if we didn't I don't know, record them somehow, like get them into the Borg. We were going to lose them forever. How would we ever know how much a Coke used to cost? <laughs> well, and now we never will. Except, <laughs> except, tears and rain. except, <laughs> except, 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 take the radio to warm up. Uh, uh, wow. I was listening. I can, I can at least remember some of those stories. Yeah, but now now I'm realizing, oh shit, this is going to happen to the boomers too. We're going to lose all of their great oh, stories, their collective knowledge. Oh and, my gosh, you know, and seventy percent of their stories are lies, and they always were lies. And, and they were they were baked, drunk, or gacked out for so much of like twenty years. Yeah, don't you yeah. think? Oh yeah, I mean, they remember the TGI Fridays as a place, but they probably don't remember a lot of what happened there. Well, these two were very were were. Uh, went to great pains to explain to me that they never did drugs because during the seventies, after they were married, mm-hmm. after he had matriculated out of the special forces, they became rock photographers. Hmm. Oh, so they saw the needle and the damage done. They did. He mm-hmm. was, they were, they were saying like, Oh, we were at this, we were sitting in this restaurant one time with Wolfman Jack. And I was like, <laughs> go on. <laughs> I, 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 I would love to go to a diner with Wolfman Jack. I know. And I know right now all of our, all of our younger listeners are like, who? What's going to happen to everything that Gen X knows? It's just going to disappear. Who's going to remember Wolfman Jack. Jack? Well, you know, we're the bridge. We're the bridge generation. We Is can, under, we can, we can speak to both sides. Hmm. Anyway, they were with Wolfman Jack, and Wolfman Jack said, "Do you guys want to? Do you guys? Uh, can I get you some beers, or would you like some Coke?" Ooh, I, I could see him do, doing some bumps. I could definitely see that. Yeah, and they were like, uh, "Do you have any Diet Coke?" <laughs> and Wolfman Jack, wait <laughs> he drew, for it. He literally drew a square in the air with his fingers. <laughs> no, wait for it. Wolfman Jack says, "It's always Diet Coke." Woo! <laughs> All right, baby. <laughs> <laughs> what was his catchphrase? Coming to you from the airwaves. Uh, boy, I don't remember. I, uh, I can hear him in my head, but it's Casey Kasem that really fills up. Oh yeah, fills up my AM radio ear holes. Well, look at it's look at Wolfman fun. Jack. There's no way he was not doing tons of coke. Oh, the whole time. Look at him. Even, He's made of cocaine, John. Even before cocaine was fashionable, Wolfman Jack was doing cocaine. Oh. You know, what's funny is that he seems like such a a 70s character, but he's really a 50s character. Oh like, yeah. He was I think he was in American Graffiti. Yeah. I believe okay. he was. He was. He was for sure. Yeah. He was in he was in your favorite movie, Sgt. Hmm. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Oh, the one with the Bee Gees. Mm-hmm. Who was the Bee Gees and who else? Who was the other star? Uh Andy Gibb. Andy Gibb, of course. Poor Andy Gibb. These the, these two the 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 Navy SEAL and his wife had us had an Andy Gibb story. She said I wrote a letter to the Gibb brothers saying that Andy looked bad and that they needed to come rescue him because those those snakes in Hollywood were filling him full of drugs. Oh no! And she said they never replied, and then it was too late. I was like, wow! I didn't think I was going to get an Andy Gibb story out of this whole thing. There's a very good. Is it behind the music? It's one of those shows. It's a very good one on the brothers Gibb. 
We talked about this. Uh, how upset, and then Morris died. It's all very sad. Yeah, everybody dies there's, eventually. Look at Wolfman Jack. He's got so much cocaine coursing through his veins. Look at that there's, guy. There's a lot of tragedy in the world. You know, Wolfman yes. Jack is is the first guy I think that had that like shoe polish beard. Hmm. You mean like, a know, Mike, like a Michael uh, Michael McDonald beard? Well, yeah, except like clearly colored with shoe polish. Oh, okay, all right. I mean, look look at it. It is not a nat- that is not how beards grow, mm-hmm. and that is not the color of beards. I see, I see, I see. He did some fill in work. Well, and I have a friend who plays uh, rock and roll. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people in the rock and roll business that, um, uh, you know, that that are worried about getting old. I mean, even yeah. more worried than me. And I ha- and I know a guy. There's a lot more comb overs going on than anybody wants to talk about. Yep, and he and this guy, very handsome guy. He's very uh, he's very rock and roll, dark dark rock, and he definitely draws his beard. He draws his beard black. Let's. That say. is fascinating. And uh, and like and, with a sharpie. Well, or it's no like something, some kind of just for men. He mm-hmm. he like makes his beard. He so makes. That, the, it's not that he doesn't have the hair. It's just that he he wants it to be just for men. Yeah, the gray, the gray goes away. Mm-hmm. Uh, he washes the gray right out of his hair. Oh, wash that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he washes black in, and he looks. You know, he look. He, like at a certain point, you start looking like Anton LaVey. No matter what you do, it starts to not be. It, uh, well, that's the yeah. inertia of the human beard. Is it's yeah. it really? I mean, that's 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 where you're headed. That's the the singularity of the of the Anton LaVey beard. I just keep looking at pictures of Wolfman Jack. I gotta put this he's, down. He's gorgeous, isn't he? Okay, here's a picture I mean, of him. Never handsome exactly. Here's a but. picture of him. Very old picture of him with Don Imus, Howard Stern, and Soupy yep. Sales. Yep, yep. How about how would that be for a room? Woo! Yeah. You know what it is? It's the Dave Navarro factor. Oh, Jesus. Dave Navarro, Ugh. at a certain point, you know, in the very earliest days of Jane's addiction, Dave Navarro was very young. Mm-hmm. And he was, I always thought, very pretty. Like he was, he was surprisingly pretty. Yeah. He had kind of an androgynous, uh, slimy goth thing going on. Yeah, right. I mean, Perry Farrell was old. He was he was ten years older than us, and that back when that seemed to make a real difference. But like Dave Navarro was the same age as we were, yeah. but he was like in this big big band, and I I couldn't even. I was still like going downstairs, going, "Mom, I can't get this to And Dave Navarro's mm-hmm. all on the you know like people you know flying through the air. Mm-hmm. I was like, Mom, you put my toys away in the wrong box. Mom. <laughs> Mom. Oh, God, uh, but so, so now you look at Dave Navarro and it's like, it's like he takes his eyeliner pencil and he draws his eyes on and then he draws all the rest of himself on. He doesn't wear a lot of rings. I think so. He seems like a ring guy. He does. He has <sighs> too many rings. I was at the guitar store one time, the fancy guitar store. Can I tell you right? one thing I love? Oh, yeah. First of all, I want to say we got a lot of nice, uh, as we as we do, we got some nice uh, comments about last week's episode. I thought it was a very good episode. People liked you talking about, eh, just it was, you did a good one last week. And um, But people always say to me, they said, oh, you know, John did it. It was really good last week. And I say, you know, the thing about John is I never know. We don't yeah, talk about what we're going to talk about. And and it's I never the know. the show. It's the show. Whatever's the show is the show. And I don't know what is going to happen. I don't know what John's going to say. He's always surprising me. But I, it took till this episode, 301, for me to realize also a lot of times I don't know why you're telling me a story. And mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you've told me the important part yet. 
Hmm. And, and I've come to treasure that. No, it's, it's a good thing. It's a very good thing is I'm not sure if you've already told me the important part. And, uh-huh. and then and maybe you're figuring out as you go, but I'm not uh-huh. sure what the important part of that story was, but I really enjoyed it. And it got me thinking about Wolfman Jack. The, uh, the important part of the, of the house I tour. I feel show. like the important part was, and this is why I asked, was that it started out as just looking at an open house and then ended up, uh, four and a half hours later with, with you got a new friend. Is that kind no. of was part of it? No, I missed well, it. Did I miss you? Want to start over? Uh, um, no. Well, you know the, oh, the the important part of the story is unfolding. I think you're right. It's uh, the. Oh, we're the not there yet. Part... Shit! I just screwed the pooch. I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's all right because the important <laughs> the important part of the story, as it it reveals itself, it it is immune to interruption. It's oh, there. The important that's, that's part a lucky is there. Thing. That's a very I'm, lucky thing for your story. I may I may still be trying to draw it down. You know, a lot of the time on this show, what we're doing is we're yeah. trying to figure out what the important part of, of right. any this, story. This might is. be the seventh inning stretch, right. and then you're gonna you're gonna come back. You, you come back come back to the story. Then later on, just be like, you know, what I realized was mm-hmm. there were people buried under the on the floor of the music studio in the back, mm-hmm. but I don't think there were. I don't think he's buried. Did you I don't find out why the room was soundproof? Uh, well. It's, he Is started it for crafting. Did they craft loudly? No, he started to talk about the, his music, okay. and at that point, I really, really, it, I, I, I did a strong redirect. You suppose there's any chance it might be uh, kind of heavy rock blues? Yes. yes. <laughs> Is there is there is there any chance at all that it's heavy rock blues? I think there is. I think there was a very good chance you know of he it. Play, he plays a strat. I, he absolutely started talking about his strat. Oh shit, dog! And I was like, hmm, "Yeah, your strat." Anyway, let's go take a look at the. <laughs> what I would like to see now is the water cooler yeah. or the water heater, whatever yeah. you call whatever, it. Whatever let's you get got out to change there. the temperature of water, open that door now. Yeah, because I didn't want to hear him talk about his strat. I no. don't like hearing you talk about your strat. Typically, if you if you're a listener to this program and you have a strat and you want to talk about it with me, come up with another strategy. Yeah, do better. Um, but, I, but, you know, as part of my, like part of my process here, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, uh, I'm trying to decide like what color I'm going to paint my beard mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, like, you know, it these, looks like you're just gathering string, but it's part of a larger process. Trust yes. John's process. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm and you'll figure strength. out what the process is for when you're good and ready. All you know is there's a process, maybe. Maybe part of the process is figuring out if there is a process, and if so, what the process is. You got to figure that out. You have to figure that out by I, doing I'm, I'm so much more into that than I should be. I'm super into that. It's like you, know, you, you might need a framework. You need a guide. You need a paradigm, like a mental model. Sometimes, uh-huh. sometimes you got to do research to know what kind of research to do. The thing is, I don't. I don't typically like to apply a mental model. I like the mental model to come from the experience. The wand chooses the wizard. Yes, mm-hmm. I am building new matrices. Okay. Every day to to, uh, and that's why you know that's why if you look behind me in time in in my inception, mm-hmm. my bookcases are not oh. all parallel. You know oh, what I'm saying? I do. It's a it's a non Euclidean uh, space library. Yeah, it's much more the like okay. my okay. It, in it, my design of that of the film in my mind of that, it would be very much more fractal and less like Library of Congress. Well, I think uh, uh, with with all due respect to, to the Time Lords, I think mm-hmm. part of it was the whole idea was they're trying to spoilers for Interstellar. I think they were trying to 
show five dimensional something oh, tesseract to, to, to a creature that can only nominally understand the three dimensions. That's what I'm trying to describe to people. It's a model for a model. Yeah, five dimensionality. Okay, okay. Five dimensionality. But there's a kind of dream logic to it where you don't know if it exists or has been discovered. You're not building it, it is being built. You're involved, and eventually in time, you may or may not discover that as part of your process that may or may not exist. Exactly. That's the process. The process is we don't know if there's a process. In, is this bookshelf curved? Precisely. Okay. In, in Russia, process builds you. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I say dream logic, but I mean, that's the thing. That, that's the thing. I have a whole bunch of things related to dream logic that I won't go into. But I think, I think one of them is that, uh, you know, uh, you know, you get the dessert that you discover. You know what I'm saying? You don't get to go design a bunch of bananas. Sometimes you just have to say, I'm aware of the presence of a dessert in this dream and I'm going to go discover it. And you got to kind of walk backwards at half speed. You find the thing, you discover the matrix or the process model, even if it's expressed as a bookcase curved or otherwise. You Precisely. may or may not find it, and, the, and you know who's discovering it may not be you. It's being discovered, and you are there for it. Precisely. Don't you think? I mean, a little bit. The process is the process. In 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 my experience of this particular moment in life, mm-hmm. in my life, yeah, I am definitely trying to figure out where things belong. Oh boy, I think about trying, it a lot. I think about to, that so much. I think about that on so many levels. Yes, where do things belong? Mm-hmm. And uh, when I get a thing, I try and figure out where it belongs. I try and figure out where I belong. Does it strike you quickly when something is not where it belongs? Sometimes, but a lot of the time, things are almost or just about where they belong. They're right around where they belong. Or sometimes you pick up a thing, and you're like, I have no idea if there's if there if there is even a place for it. Or yeah, or like, is this an unprecedented thing? And there's never, and we have to, we do have to invent bananas. Yeah, we you may, you don't know, but it's the same kind of thing where, like, you go and you say you want to go to get, get a PO box, and they say, well, what size? And you say, how even would I know? How even would how, I know? Why? Why would I need a larger PO box or a smaller PO box? That is a very that that that's somebody who I think is in on the process in the bookshelves. When they're asking you a question like that, there's some kind of hidden secret banana dessert in that. I don't know what the fuck that means because if it fills up, you hold it for me and I'll pick it up. Sure. Is there any downside to me? Am I missing out on treats if I don't get the very large box? And you know what? You ask them, and they're going to say, you should just get what you think you need. How even well, would I know what I think I need? Here's the thing. If it's free refills, why would I get a large? It doesn't even make sense. It's just it's not as comfortable in your hand. Yeah, you just get the smallest, cheapest one, and then it's free refills. Okay. I'm not going to get a large coffee if you have free refills. I'm going to get a small coffee if you, get, if you have free refills. Yes, yes. I it's, feel, di- it's difficult. It's difficult to know, but I, I think sometimes. Well, for, let me give you an example from the the meat world, from the meat space, mm-hmm. which is today's the first day of fifth grade. We spent the weekend uh, getting all ready. Today's the first day of fifth grade. It's the early. middle of August. We start early. It's, it's we've a, talked about this, but I can't be a VC it thing. She's getting her stuff ready. She's got Viet her Kong? huh? Yes. <laughs> 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 this episode of Roderick on the Line is brought to you in part by Simple Contacts. You can learn more about Simple Contacts right now by visiting simplecontacts.com slash supertrain20, presumably to celebrate the 20th anniversary of Roderick on the Line. Happy birthday to us. Here's how this works. Simple Contacts is the most convenient way to renew your contact lens prescription and to reorder your brand of contacts from anywhere in minutes. It's vision care for the 21st century. That's pretty good. So here's how it works. Let's say you need to renew your prescription. This is so easy. You take the five-minute Simple Contacts vision test online. That will be reviewed by a licensed doctor. 
you receive a renewed prescription and eh, you just go reorder your contacts. It's that easy. All you need is your current contacts and internet connection and 10 feet of space. I have that. Simple contacts. Even if you're totally out of contacts, they've got an option for you. If you have an unexpired prescription, they call it an RX, you just upload a photo or your doctor's information and order your lenses. So simple contacts. So why is Simple Contacts awesome? Well, like I tell you, they are convenient. Here, here's what it comes down to. You get your convenience and you get savings. That's what I need you to understand about Simple Contacts. There are a million things demanding your time. Contact lenses shouldn't be one of them. Get them out of here. Simple Contacts lets you renew your prescription and reorder your contacts from anywhere in minutes. Your couch? Yeah, you bet. The office? Indeed. <laughs> Not a problem. The doctor's office is uh, wherever you are. It's fast. Simple Contacts, the vision test is self-guided. takes less than five minutes. Five minutes? You got five minutes. Think of how much time you save. Compared to uh, making an appointment, uh, getting to the eye doctor, all that stuff, time off, no thank you. Pass. Hard pass. Simple Contacts. They're reliable. This is designed by doctors and licensed ophthalmologists. They review every test. They carefully make sure your eyes look healthy and that your vision hasn't changed. So many options. They have all the great brands and types of lenses that you're familiar with. Uh, they've got five stars over 4,500 times on the App Store. That's pretty good. And, uh, and so uh, here's the thing about this summer. It's summer, and there's no shortage of reasons to have contacts on hand. you got beach days, vacation days, outdoor activity days, wedding days, all the great days. You use Simple Contacts to stock up for the season, right? So here's what you do. You go to the vision test. It's only $20. You compare that to uh, an appointment, which uh, without insurance could cost up to $200 American. And their contact lens prices are unbeatable. See what I told you? Convenience and savings, all available to you with simplecontacts.com. Now, remember, this is not a replacement for your periodic full eye health exam. Get $20 off your contacts at simplecontacts.com slash supertrain220 or enter the very special offer code supertrain20 at checkout. Our thanks to Simple Contacts for supporting Roderick on the Line and all the great shows. <laughs> so fucking early. Um. Uh, okay, and so she's getting all her stuff together, and you remember how it was. I was so I was always my favorite part of the new school year in many ways was the school supplies, like the duotang oh, yeah. folders, the pens, the holder for the pens, you know, yep. all the all the trapper things. keeper, trapper keeper, uh, uh, the 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 uh, data center. Remember the data center that preceded the sure, trapper keeper? Absolutely. Metric converter ninety sixty ninety. Yes. Did you have, I mean, you're, you and I are both a little I'm bit of the post- data center age. The trapper keeper was a little bit, I did have a trapper keeper later, but the data center was the baller when I was the a data kid. center was hot, but you didn't, we, n- neither of us had slide rules, but, it, no. but I learned the slide rule in the gifted program. Mm-hmm. Like it was a time when they were trying to figure out what exactly a gifted program was. See, like, what, see, what does this mean? That's, that's some process process right there. <laughs> it sure was. They were like, do we put shoe polish in our mustaches or mm-hmm. do we teach nine-year-olds how to use slide rules, a thing which these handy calculators have eliminated forever? <laughs> and they did. They were they were like, no, 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 you guys need to learn slide rules because, you know, what if we need to put a man on the moon? Mm-hmm. And we were like, there is a man on the moon. Mm-hmm. We did that. We did that already. We yeah. have computers now. Anyway, so data center, I had... I could have, with my little data center, I had the ability to put a man on the moon. Mm-hmm. I could I could measure anything that needed to be measured. I could draw any <sighs> I could draw a circle with any any kind of radius. I could I could do curly cues. I mean, you had every tool. Yeah. And they were analog tools. Right? And didn't your data center have like Tables. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Google's not letting me copy the image. But data, data center, oh my God, just seeing this overkerned like Helvetica makes me so happy. Data who, who center. Made data center. Mead. 
Mead. Data center planning and filing notebook. You get a data planner. It's got a three-year planning calendar, metric conversion chart, class schedule, and telephone directory. That's just the start. Then you get uh-huh. your data files. Telephone data files <laughs> Data files <laughs> contains tabbed file folders for permanent information storage. Uh, that's all intercapped. Um, you got a lock flap, a lock flap closure. I wish I had one now. It's got a fucking clipboard, John. And then it's got a slide ring. Oh, slide ring, one. a new pinchless, easy sliding uh, ring, works with new push-pull activating tab. Meat Berlin, products. I, I have one of these upstairs. Oh, God. I have a meat data center. You think I don't? I shouldn't have thought you don't. You know what? I didn't. You don't go to war with the data center you want. You go to the one with you had for a while, the data and center, I, meat and data I, center, Dayton, I Ohio. I, the, the data center was the one where I first realized, I first saw someone who had taken the stock graphic out of the outside of their data center and slipped in another image, like mm. a, photo, a photograph. Oh, right, of right, their right. Own. You could totes do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like, "Whoa, you are you are seriously cranking person I don't remember." Yeah. Like you're you're making you're making your own world and that's the kind of person I want to be. I want to be the person that changes the image on their data center. Mhm. Mhm. Mm-hmm. And I think I never looked back. I remember this was not cheap. I think no. this cost a few bucks. This was an investment. How do we get to? Oh, we're talking about the um, the the process. Yeah. Well, so so I I feel like living in a world as you and I do, mm-hmm. where um, we have probably ill advisedly set ourselves up to be largely self managing. Mm-hmm. Like I have done I've done everything in my whole life that I could to make sure that I didn't have a boss. But that isn't maybe the smartest move because as as we've talked many times, I kind of want to be managed a little bit. Yeah, we talked about this a little bit, yeah. Yeah, I want to manage how I'm managed. Mm-hmm. But like I'm not the best self-starter. I'm not the best like long-term planner. I'd like to have, and I keep saying I'd like to have an assistant, but I'd like that assistant to have a little authority over me, mm-hmm. but not too much authority. Anyway, what we've done, you and there's I. all kinds of ways in life. I mean, I don't think this is a bananas thing you're talking about. You're, there's all kinds of things in life where you say there's a lot going on here. There has to be some guardrails. That doesn't mean I can't choose to go around the guardrails if I want to, but right. it means that in order for life to make sense, there has to be some kind of reasonable expectations about, right. about how this is all going to work together. And, what, and, and that, could what be, I, that could be a person. What I see when I look out in the world is an awful lot of the of most people, uh, you know, they have they 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 are governed by a lot of a lot of structures that they mm-hmm. just don't they don't question they don't think I need to invent a banana. There's a banana yeah. and they accept it. There's the, that's what bananas are. And when, if you if you're in if you put yourself in a posture in life where every day you could just like you could never have another banana again because you're working on your alt your alt banana mm-hmm. you know like uh it's it's too much it's too much there's too much possibility hmm. and so so now i'm trying to think of i'm i'm looking at i'm looking at things like my my tesseract right now is not just like where do things belong mm-hmm. but i honestly i could sell my house and move to thailand really i could you could like, get even more than you could become the governor of Thailand. That's even cheaper than I Tennessee. Be, I could become the governor of Thailand, although there's a king in Thailand, and they don't you have like to be very fun respectful of, of the king. Yeah, don't make a joke about the portrait in the Thai restaurant. So that's not what I'm going to do. I'm not okay. going to move to Thailand. I'm not going to become the king of Thailand. Okay, but I could move a lot of places. I could do 
pretty much anything. Like, like I could I could do pretty much anything and continue to do Roderick on the Line with you every Monday morning. I mean, yeah. there's no reason I could I, I might not be in Thailand you, right I might now. not know you've moved. I could be in Thailand right now, mm-hmm. for all anybody knows. And that's too much. That's oh, I, to- I totally, I totally agree. I totally yeah. agree. It's too. That's that, that's that's madness. But I mean, where... it, it's like, and I was I almost interrupted you with this, but I feel like it's a little bit like where you can go with food, where if you don't have some some relatively arbitrary ideas about food and how it gets in your body, you could spend the rest of your life just doing food as yeah. a thing. Like, yeah. is this organic enough? What if I just wanted to go table to mouth or farm to mouth? Like, yeah, th- you know what I'm saying? There's, mouth. there's all kinds of shit out there where like, if you think too much about your sourcing and your methods, like, oh my God, if you let everything in your world be that big and open, that's, that's, that's the eye of madness. Yeah. It feels a little, you have bit to like... know that you, even though you could be the king of Thailand, let's just tick that off the list. You're not going to become the king of Thailand. Tick it off. Tick it off. But how do you tick it off? How do you, I mean, it's, it's an, it feels a little bit like an Oliver Sacks problem. Mm-hmm. Like, like, uh, like a mental illness, uh, where you think your wife is a hat. Yeah. Yeah. You think this little boy is a fire plug. There's some kind of a perceptual processing error potentially in, in the, in the sense that like, um, it, you know, you know, you can't do everything, mm-hmm. but you don't know exactly where to start drawing where the reasonable lines are drawn because because you blew out all lines mm-hmm. so it's like i know i can't walk to the moon but it's, it's happened to a lot of baby boomers they blew out the lines they blew out the lines look at them you know they were just they were living their best life they were on the edge they were surfing that that curl everything's they all were, higgledy-piggledy everything will be yeah. fine they were writing letters to andy gibbs brothers mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but in my case like do uh where what are the what are the good lines and mm. am i do i actually have the power to draw them for myself because you can't tell your manager where the lines and guardrails are until you've decided where they should be you can't pick the size of your po box right until you start getting mail i don't even know how much mail i'm going to get you can't land on a fraction no, you, why would you get the large size if it's free refills? Free refills, you don't you don't need the large PO box. So me here, I am. I'm I'm once again mm-hmm. like I, I I guess I didn't realize that some of the lines that I'd drawn around myself were just that I bought a house and it, I and I plopped myself down in the middle of it, and there are literal lines called walls mm. that are around me, mm-hmm. and I have you know bills and I have habits and. Yes. And habits lines of lines have emerged. Lines have emerged, but habits are not the same as laws and rules. They can feel like it. They can. They, they can. They can feel like it, but that's, that's a little uh, that's Oliver ice cube Sachs-y. walls you're talking about there. Yes, exactly. Exactly right. And I'm and I'm not I'm not a person that is invested um in my habits to the point that I don't every once in a while just shake them all off and say like, okay, well, you know what? From now on, I'm not drinking coffee or eating macaroni and cheese. How do you like that mind? Leave it. Like I I do that a lot so that, but now the, 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 the prospect, like walking into this, uh, walking into this Navy seal house, um, and looking around and thinking like, well, what color would I paint these walls? Mm -hmm. And then I'm, then I'm, I'm, imagining myself situated here and there's not that much to my life 
that is constant Hmm. so that if I were in this new house, it would just be like kind of new me entirely. I would, what I would, what I would do is I would bring this microphone over there Mm -hmm. and I would do Roderick on the line every week at 10 a.m. That's, that's a line that you would pack up and bring with you. But everything else would be up for grabs. Mm -hmm. And now I could be down at the city hall, like, like leaning on the counter, talking to the, talking to the comptroller saying, you know, I don't even get permits for this work I do on my place. Mm-hmm. And they would say, why are you here again? You're down here every day. And I'm like, yeah, I, f- I feel like I'm going to be mayor of this town eventually. And I just wanted to see where all the light switches were. Yeah. Like any, it's a, it, every day is anything can happen day. And it's, it's, I don't know. I don't know what to do about it. Hmm. I don't know. I is that don't a Mickey know. Mouse Club reference? Every day is everything can happen day. Anything can happen day. Wasn't that a day? It was a day. Hmm. Um, it was. So you're, was it, you're it looking. It was an Annette Funicello day. Oh, God, I loved her. It's so, it's like a Pictures of Lily thing. To be in love with, with some, the way somebody used to be yeah. before you were born. Yeah, Annette Funicello was already 45 uh, oh. when, we were, when we were watching her show and being like, she had, she had her name, She had her name right on her sweater. Anything can happen day. Uh, so was, you're looking for, how can I put this? How does, how do you, how do you explain this to the snorks? You're, you're open to an idea that there's something like lines and you're saying, are there lines? And if there are, what are they? And would I put them into a U-Haul box and bring them with me to, to the Navy SEAL house if you moved in there, which I'm not saying you are. Or if I moved somewhere, are there pre-existing lines there that I can't see right now? Are okay. there, are I think, there, I think that's why the Navy SEAL is moving. I think he doesn't like the lines. Well, I think that's right. I think that's exactly right. He's and there are the a shit. lot of there are a lot of psychological lines now that are all around all of us all the time. And you're like, which ones of these belong to me? Mm-hmm. Which ones of these am I just trying to stay away from because I feel they're electrified? Mm-hmm. Which ones of these are really important? And who would I who and and are you're the not people- you're not you're not encouraged to test them. Not least that you would not want to be driving off the side of a cliff. No. You wouldn't want to be uh, screwing with the public easement. There's all kinds of things where, like, you're better off to just be conservative about assuming that there is a line and that is for you. But, you know, in the, in the, in the long ago times, mm-hmm. in, the, um, in the before times, mm-hmm. the idea of having friends that, uh, that disagreed with you, uh, that having friends that had very different lines from yours... Um, was an idea that was, I mean, maybe not a hundred percent commonplace, but it was certainly how I modeled my, uh, passage through life. Right. I did not want friends that necessarily agreed with me. I was friends with people that disagreed with me mm-hmm. as often as people that agreed with me. I didn't, I didn't choose friends based on common, um, uh, media preferences or friends based on common politics or friends based on common experience. I, I, I did the opposite. I, hmm. I, I made friends with people that had different experiences from mine, different viewpoints, not because I, not because we sat and argued, but because I, I know what my media preferences are. I don't want those reinforced necessarily by, I don't want, I don't want to sit and watch movies with my friends. I want to, be exploring the world and you meet somebody out there that's different from you and you go, you're interesting. And then Mm -hmm. it turns out they are interesting Mm -hmm. and, and that's fun. Right. But I, I, you know, I, uh, it was all, it was often challenging to me when I would meet somebody that I liked and I would say like, Oh, I don't like any of the movies you like. And they would say, why are we friends then? And I would always be shocked by it. 
Mm-hmm. Sean, Sean Nelson said it to me one time. He was like, you don't like anything I like. And I was like, I know. Isn't that great? And he was like, why are we friends? Like friends like the same stuff. We'll find and out. I was like, we'll find I was out like, eventually why we're friends. Like, what are you talking about? Friends don't like the same stuff. What a kind of quick crazy thing is that to say? And he was like, it's the very definition of being friends with somebody that you like the things that they like. Mm-hmm. And I was like, whoa, no way. I like a lot of people that like the Smiths and the Smiths are garbage. Hmm. You like the person, not their preferences. Right. And I and, and like, you distinguish. Well, you see and that's the line. The, thing. the person is not their preferences. A person a is not their people, preferences. A lot of people don't agree or they mm-hmm. don't see it that way. They think the preferences are the person. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And and nowadays, especially as we silo against one another, like the preferences are the person. In so many, people are just making choices based on their preferences and not... But I think you could even say the, 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 the person is only the preferences. The person is the preferences, mm-hmm. right. And I'm, I am... Zero that. Like huh. I, I have no. You're a loose cannon, Roderick. Well, I don't have any preferences. Is part of the thing. Huh. Like I don't care. I mean, I, I do in the sense of you like, know what you, you don't prefer. If you say, would you like to listen to the Smiths or would you like to listen to the Decemberists doing their version of the Smiths? What about potatoes? I will say I would prefer the Decemberists. Mm-hmm. If you say. Uh, this comes like with this, this comes with potatoes. Would you like potatoes? I will say no. If you, prefer, you say you prefer not to have potatoes. If you say. It only comes with potatoes. Oh, okay. I will say, bring the potatoes. <gasps> really? Yeah. I mean, if it has a gravy, I'll eat anything. Oh. I'll put, I'll <laughs> eat potatoes all day. I'll eat an entire plate of potatoes if it's covered with gravy. But also, I'll take a few bites of potatoes. You know, <laughs> it's not my favorite. Right. I mean, you can push the olives off to the side of the salad. Yeah. I mean, I have preferences, but it's not like I. I, I but I'm not. I'm not super invested in them. Okay. Right? Okay. If you said all you can listen to for the rest of your life is jazz, hmm. I would go, well, all right. I mean, it's fine. It's hmm. cool. I mean, I can get into jazz. It's not, you know, like, it's not like what I would, it's not the number one thing that I would have chosen. But Yeah, the rest were, of your life is a long time. If you, it hope. Were, you hope. If it were chosen for me, well, yeah, that's the old thing where you say, if you could only eat one kind of food for the rest of your life, what would it be? Go. Yeah. What, what would it be, Marlon? A steak. Steak. Yeah, but I can also tell you, when we lived with my horrible stepfather, who owned a steakhouse, after about a month of it, I was good and sick of eating a fucking ribeye every night. Well, that's a thick steak. That's a hearty steak. What if you had just like a little steaks? Well, I mean, a steak. A steak is a, you know, that's a whole bunch of, that's like saying, what kind of flour do you like? I mean, steak, there's a lot of steak. Do do, uh, baby back ribs count as steak? (laughs) I don't think so. (laughs) I don't think so, but I'm going to interrogate it with my mind lines. Yeah. Right. I mean, what, what category do baby back ribs fall into? If yeah, not man. Steak? Like, what even is a steak? What even is a steak? <laughs> what is it? It comes, it, I mean, uh-huh. like, you can have a lamb steak. Uh, you can have a ham steak. You can have a ham steak. You can have a ram steak. You can have a jam steak. <laughs> <laughs> I love that I don't know exactly what point I lost the plot. But um, I'm super interested in where it's going. It's really early. It's, it's so really- fucking early. Fifth grade. I, I believe, I believe, <laughs> I believe. <laughs> what I want. <sighs> uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I feel like, I feel like I'm at a, at a, at a turning point. Um, and, and all bets are off again. No. And I don't, uh, and I, and I don't want to do it wrong. <sighs> That's part of the fear. And my, you know, my sister is all. Yeah, how many more chances are you going to get? 
Why? Well, I, I mean, a thousand million? Sure, who know. knows? We don't know until we've had the chances. But but just still, you know, there's time and stuff. My sister does this thing where she's just like, you know, she she's always be here nowing me. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you know, if you're if you're anxious, you just need to breathe. And I'm like, that's the that. Yeah. What about oh. the what about the moment sucks? Mm, you know, interesting. Well, no, I got a thought technology for that, but that's the problem. When a lot of people say that, then you become like me, and you turn to these kinds of thought technologies only at times when you're stressed out. And now the idea of of deep breathing makes me very anxious. Oh, sure. Because now I associate it with being anxious. Well, and what what she what she won't allow me to do is, uh, she's like the the fact that everything is a story to you is um, that's the thing that you have to. You have to breathe. Oh, that is super interesting. And I'll bet you're not into it. Well, I'm like, everything is a story. And she's like, exactly. it isn't. And I'm like... <gasps> Your I'm life like, would be so different if everything were a story. Well, yeah. Uh, oh, my God. I mean, that is the thing that makes me need to to breathe into a paper bag. Well, is the I'll idea take the that guardrails somebody, off your fucking highway for sure. Yeah, what the fuck do you mean everything's not a story? It's all a story. And she was like, it's not a story. The story is the problem. You're, you're, you are... You're taking things that aren't a story and you're turning them into a story. Would she be that, frustrated to know that you've turned that piece of advice into a story? She, well, so what she's she says. She's used to that. She is. And what she says is, if you t- turn everything into a story, now all you have to do is recognize you're doing it and and in the moment be like, I'm storifying it. Ooh. And then. She's wise. She's very that's wise. Your, that's your first, like, that's the first step. And I'm like, the first step to what? Exactly. And she's like, don't worry about it. Exactly. You'll find a so, banana. Just start, so, just start, just start moving. I'm not sure what to do with that. The idea of me living in the moment is very stressful. It's, it's, it's really pretty far off brand for you as a, as a thinking person. Yeah. But if that is the only way, cause she said to me the other day, she's like, you know, like there is to be happy is not to be happy. Hmm. I was like, all right. And to she be said, happy is not to be happy. She's like, it doesn't, you're not like, you're not walking around full of joy all the time. Like to be happy is just to feel your feelings. You just feel them. And if you're, if you're upset, you feel upset and you feel them and you don't. Um, does she do that? Does she, do you think she actually does that? Well, so she, my sister was definitely like a, um, she was, she rage quit. All the time, every, all the time. She rage quit on me all the time. Um, she just had so much anger that it was a thing that it defined her life and all of her relationships. Mm -hmm. And in the last five years, she has metamorphosized. Hmm. She, you know, she's still herself. Mm -hmm. She's still, and you can still feel that energy in her somewhere. She just doesn't, um, it, it doesn't overcome her. It doesn't, it doesn't, she, she doesn't, that, that thing she used to do where the eyes rolled back in her head and all of a sudden all you could do was take cover. Mm -hmm. It's gone. Um, and I, and it isn't just gone in the sense that like when she gets mad, she turns around and walks out of the room. Like she's managing it somehow. It's, it's there, but it doesn't define her. It doesn't define her and mm-hmm. I, and it doesn't, she's not terrifying. 
in the same way. I mean, mm-hmm. she's still terrifying, but she's not terrifying in the way that she used to be, which is like, well, pretty much any encounter with my sister could go completely sideways. And then the day is ruined and the month is ruined. Like that's all, that's all kind of gone. And good for her, man. That's, that's really good. Yeah. It's entirely a product of her self managing. And so when she says these things to me, I mean, she's always kind of had a tendency to like give moral lectures, but, and I always just sort of was like, okay, whatever, you know, rolled my eyes a little bit, but now I'm inclined to pay attention because I've seen real results in her. She's actually changed and it has improved all of our lives. Oh, that's nice. So maybe there's, maybe there's possibility for me to change and improve all of our lives. I mean, I don't know how. Hmm. How would how does one change and improve everyone else's life? What a story! What a great story! It's a great story! Great story, John. No, right? I uh, I mean I don't know. I don't. I I I am very interested. Something we talked about probably once a month is an idea that I think is very valuable that I try to keep in mind, which is that we do not have to be our thoughts. We do not have to be mm-hmm. our emotions. G- mm-hmm. Given just your day to day, I will become my thoughts and I will become my emotions until it occurs to me that it doesn't have to be that way. And I, I don't know if this is what she's saying, but something I've heard that I have found to be true is there is just the tiniest little crack in your in your system when you realize, even just for a minute, that you're a person who's ex- who's feeling an emotion or you're a person who is thinking a thought. And there is a moment where, like, it's not going to change your life, but just to become aware of that for a second can be mm-hmm. very liberating. It, I am it, a person it, who's feeling an f- emotion. Yeah, well, I mean, it sounds corny, but the problem is if you don't, then you're just somebody who's, that you become, like, it's, it's no longer that you are a pipe that the water is passing through. Like, you are that. Now you are mad. You are yes. anger. You right. are that. Or you are that ruminative, uh, intrusive thought. You will never not think that thought until it decides to not be thought anymore. Right. And there is something very liberating. This does not have to get into real woo-woo stuff. It is just a little bit of um, cognitive awareness to just go mm-hmm. like, holy shit, I'm totally thinking a thought. Mm-hmm. And again, you get back to one of my favorite dumb hippie cliches, I'm the sky, not the weather. Like, the thing is, I'm the sky. There could be all kinds of different weather, but I am not defined by whether it's raining right now. Like, that's no. just, that's a, raining is a thing that's happening, and the sky is who I am. That's, that's one way to think about it. Right. And I think that's very valuable. And if, if that sounds corny, well, maybe in a few years it won't sound corny. But that's a very valuable thing to realize is that you do not have to be, you are the, you are the medium, not the content in some ways. The content is what gets is on your medium, but in, you know what I'm saying? Like, yes. uh, I'm just yes. saying, it's good to be aware of. It does not have to change your life. You don't have to become a hippie, but that can be very valuable if you do that once a day. If you do that once a week, that's a start. If you do it a couple, eventually get to a couple times a day, now suddenly you are a slightly different person. You are a person yes. that has experiences, thoughts, and feelings, but is not defined by them all the time. No, you are the sky and not the weather. It's or corny, but it's the... pretty good, you got to admit. Yeah, it is. It's very good. You like sky stuff. You're almost like a Miyazaki. You love flight. <laughs> what, what do you think? Because here's the crazy thing. Mm-hmm. In 10 years, your daughter will be gone. I know. Yeah. And that's not why, very long. Why am I getting this on all sides now? It's killing me. Do you remember 10 years ago? Yes. It was just a blink of an eye. I know. That was 2008. Mm-hmm. 2008? Yeah. Shit, there's man. in my she's like, a, she's like a senior in primary school. Yeah, she's a primary school senior. <laughs> so 
so the question is, what are you going to do? Oh, I have no fucking idea. I know, right? Isn't that a little destabilizing? Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Stop you right there. <laughs>